The Alan Watts iPhone app is now available on the iTunes App Store, featuring the entire Alan Watts podcast series at your fingertips. Visit alanwattsapp.com for more information. And that is why, in Chinese ideas of justice, a good judge is not somebody who abides by the book. Their idea of justice is, for God's sake, keep the case out of court. Let us have a consultation behind the scenes. And let's arrange a compromise. Because we know our opponent is a rascal. I know I am a rascal. And therefore there can be a mutual arrangement between thieves. So we summon her and we talk about it and we call the judge in in an unofficial capacity. And the judge hums and haws and if he's a good judge he has a sense of what is called Li. I'm going to talk to you about another meaning of a word pronounced Li later on but it's quite a different word. Li is justice but you can't write it down. There's another word for justice or law in Chinese, zi. And this word represents in its Chinese character form a cauldron for cooking sacrifices and a knife. In the high and far off times of Chinese history, there was an emperor who when the people brought their sacrifices of meat and so on to be put in the cauldrons he also scratched with a knife on the side of the cauldrons the laws of the state so that all the people could read them and understand what they were but the sages who advised this emperor said that was a very bad thing to do because the moment people see the law written down they develop a litigious spirit that is to say they think out ways of wangling around it and that's what we do all the time, don't we? The moment Congress passes a law, tax law especially, all the lawyers get together and they think, they think they fill it full of holes. They say, well, it didn't define this and it didn't say that. And some of those Confucians wanted to put the language in order and to make all the words mean just so. But the Taoists laughed at them and said, if you define the words, with what words are you going to define the words that define the words? So they said, therefore, the emperor should not have written the laws down. Because a sense of justice is not something you can put in words. It's what our lawyers call equity. And you talk to any lawyer, and he, in discussing various judges around town, he will say, well... Judge so-and-so is pretty much a stickler for the letter of the law. But on the other hand, judge so-and-so has a sense of equity. He knows when the law, the letter of the law, just doesn't apply to this particular case. And he just has an innate sense of fair play. That's the man to be trusted as a judge. So this is what the Chinese mean by a judge who has the sense of Li of real justice. It can't be written down, it can't be explained, because every case is individual. 
But what such a man has fundamentally in his heart, he trusts the good and bad of human nature. Human beings are complex. We don't know ourselves at all, really. Consider your nervous system. Neurologists haven't even begun to figure it out. And yet all your conscious decisions are based on this thing that you don't understand. You are unbelievably more wise in your nature than you ever will be in your conscious thoughts. Because behind your conscious thoughts lies your nervous system. And if you say, well, my nervous system is unreliable. It is just a bunch of, of strange, weird biological chances that have got mixed up somehow. Then this very opinion that you're expressing, you see, is a function of that nervous system. So you're saying that you are a total hoax. You can't trust yourself at all. So that is a, 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 a set of game rules that don't lead anywhere. It's totally self-frustrating. So you see, what the Chinese have developed here is a theory of nature. I said there are three theories. The Western mechanical theory, nature as an artifact. The Hindu dramatic theory. And the Chinese organic theory. Nature, human nature included, is an organism. And an organism is a system of orderly anarchy. There is no boss in it, but it gets along by being left alone and being allowed to do its stuff. That's what the Chinese Taoist philosophy calls Wu Wei, which means not doing nothing, but not interfering with the course of events, not acting against the grain. Now, this is the time to introduce the second word, li, in Chinese. The first li meant justice. The second li is a character which had the original meaning of the markings in jade, the grain in wood, and the fiber in muscle. And it's usually translated reason, or the principle of things. These are not very good translations. The best translation of Li is organic pattern. Now look here. When you look at the clouds, they aren't symmetrical. They don't form fours. They don't come along in cubes. But you know at once that they're not a mess. A dirty old ashtray full of junk may be a mess, but clouds don't look like that. When you look at the patterns of foam on water, they never make an artistic mistake. And they're not mess. They are wiggly, but in a way orderly, and it's difficult for us to describe that kind of order. Now take a look at yourselves. You're all wiggly. We think, you know, we are pretty ordinary because there are a lot of us that look approximately the same. So when we see a human being, we think, well, that's 
pretty much in order and kind of regular and it's okay. But we don't realize how wiggly we are. We're just like clouds, rocks and stars. Uh, look at the way the stars are arranged. Do you criticize the way the stars are arranged? Would you like them to form fours? Would you like them to be uh, sort of set out like a uh, needlepoint on the canvas of the skies? There was somebody in the 18th century, in the days when they built formal gardens of clipped hedges and made all the tulips stand together like soldiers, who criticized the stars for being irregularly arranged. But today, we don't feel that way. We love the way the stars are scattered. And they never make a mistake in their arrangement. What about mountain ranges? Do you criticize the valleys for being low and praise the peaks for being high? You just say it's great, it's the way it is. Now that kind of order the artist pays a tribute to it by painting a landscape. People, you know, in, in every national park, there's a place called Inspiration Point. And people go there and they say, oh, it's just like a picture. <laughs> and nobody knew this. 400 years ago, it took the artists to paint landscape, and then people realized how beautiful it is. Nowadays, artists are painting, uh, pictures of damp, stained walls, and floors where people have dropped a lot of paint. And one day, people will walk into a room where there's a lot of paint been scattered on the floor and a general thing, and they'll say, my goodness, it's just like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> oh, ain't it just like a picture? See? It always takes the artist to show us the vision. But of course, in the meantime, it is difficult. You go to an exhibition of contemporary non-objective painting, and a kind of square fellow walks in there and he says, that's not what I call a picture. Because he... It's against his prejudices. <laughs> but I say to people now, uh, excuse me, wait a minute. Take a look at that again. I'm going to tell you something. That painting is a colored photograph of guess what? And he looks at it in astonishment and entirely new eyes. What could that be a photograph of? He begins to see it might be a photograph through a microscope of globules, of germs floating in liquid. It might be anything, but there it is. It suddenly comes at him. Goodness knows whether that was what the artist intended, but that's a method of giving people a shock, of seeing things in a new way. You know, a... G.I. visited Picasso in Paris during the war and said, I can't understand your paintings. They're, they're absurd. Life doesn't look like that. Picasso said, do you have a girlfriend? He said, yes. Have you a picture? He said, yes. Show it. So he drew out his billfold 
And there was a little colored photograph of his girlfriend. And Picasso looked at it and said, is she so small as that? <laughs> now then. The, the, the idea of Lee, the idea of natural order, is like this patterns on foam, patterns in jade, the shapes of the clouds, the shapes of trees and mountains. They are orderly, but we cannot put our finger on the order. We know it's orderly, but we don't know why. And we know it's completely different from a mess. From a mess. The order of nature is in that way then indefinable. We, when St. Augustine was asked what is time, he said, I know what it is, but when you ask me, I don't. So in the same way, the Chinese would say, we know what the order of nature is, but if you ask us, we don't. The poet says, picking chrysanthemums along the eastern fence, gazing in silence at the southern hills, the birds fly home through the soft mountain air of dusk. In all these things there is a deep meaning, but when we are about to express it, we suddenly forget the words. That's Lee. Nature has a self-ordering principle but it doesn't really know how it does it. Another poem says, if you want to know where the flowers come from, even the god of spring doesn't know. This is a very remarkable attitude to nature. Politically, you see, if you translate this into politics, it is a high philosophical anarchy. And there's a lot to be said for this as a political point of view. That, in other words, government is always a mess. Because the state opposes itself to the people. We live under a constitution where we are supposed to be governed by ourselves. As somebody once said, down with democracy when we get it. <laughs> because the state... Always, the government always creates itself as a business in competition with all the other businesses. And it wins, because it's the biggest one of the bunch. The, the Taoists said of the state that it should be as anonymous and as unobtrusive as possible. That is to say that the emperor, instead of going around in processions and being heralded and flags waved, should be as unobtrusive as the uh, head of the sanitation department. You know, he's a man, just a guy who goes around in a plain ordinary suit and uh, really attends to his job. And the, the head of uh, the sanitation of the city of Dallas uh, goes around. You don't have a police escort and sirens blowing and flags waving. He simply does his job. And the feeling of Lao Tzu is that the president or the emperor should have the same kind of attitude. That he should 
simply help the people and retire and not claim any merits for it. Always withdraw himself. Always be behind the scenes. Not striving for power, but simply to help things along. Govern a great state, he said, as you would cook a small fish. Now, you know, when you've got a small fish in the frying pan, don't keep tossing it around and fidgeting with the spatula. Otherwise, it'll fall apart. Do it gently. Softly, softly, catchy monkey. Listening to Alan Watts from the Spoken Word Library of the Electronic University. For copies of this and other Alan Watts programs, please go to alanwatts.com on the World Wide Web or call us toll free at 1 800 W O Watts. That's A L A N W A T T S dot com or 1 800 W O W A T T S. The Watts website features free audio downloads, program lists, and information on Watts' life and works. Once again, that's alanwatts.com or 1-800-W-O-Watts.